Hi, I'm Barry Clark. Welcome to the Mortgage and Property Podcast brought to you by Mortgage Monster. Now sit back, relax and get ready for top tips, tricks and advice to help you with all of your mortgage and property needs. Hello and welcome to the Mortgage and Property Podcast. Myself, Barry Clark, and today we're joined by Chris Hare, who's going to help us out with the questions. How are you doing, Chris? You all right? I'm good, thank you. Cool. So today's um, podcast will be all about income and the way lenders look at income, the different types of income, uh, and how we can kind of really get you the very best deal for your situation. So Chris, you should get straight into it. You've got some questions there. Crack on, mate. Tell me what they are. Yeah. So um, first question is, how much can I borrow? Like, is there a cert- if I'm earning a certain amount, is can I? Does it limit how much I can earn? Is there? I don't know. So if I'm earning say thirty thousand pounds, am I? Can I borrow five hundred? A million pound, thousand yeah. pounds. Um, um, look, it, that is such a broad question because it depends on so much stuff. So each lender will do their own affordability calculation. So since kind of about 2008-ish, when uh, lenders had to be responsible for what they lent out, they would um, started to make sure that they feel that you're not overexposing yourself and you're not kind of going over above what they think that, that, that you can earn, basically, what they think that you can pay. Um, if, if a lender can't prove they have been careful with the amount that they are uh, allowing you to basically borrow, it means they might have more trouble when it comes to you if you didn't pay that much to repossession and those sorts of things. So all lenders have their own affordability checks based on what risk they have and that sort of stuff. So, you know, as a really, really rough rule of thumb with no debts, you can normally borrow somewhere between, you know, four to five times your income. On average, say four and a half times your income roughly. So, you know, on a £30,000 property, you might be some region of, let me calculate that, 4.5, about kind of £135,000. But that will depend on if you have debt, it might be a bit less. Yep. Um, if there's any schemes going around, that could be a little bit more. So, for example, at the moment, uh, a nationwide, if you're above a certain amount of income, I think it's higher than 30000 then um, they will allow you to borrow up to five and a half times income. Um, we're also hearing as well, you know, more lenders are moving back towards kind of, you know, five times income and that sort of stuff. A lot will depend on your deposit as well. So the bigger deposit you have, the less risk you are. And because you're less risk, then lenders will kind of borrow you a little bit more money as well. Um, so really, there's a huge amount of variables that, that kind of go into that. And really what I would say is that, you know, take your time to sit down with a broker, go through your affordability uh, uh, with them so you can work out what you've got coming in, what you've got going out. You know, some lenders might lend you a bit less money, for example, because you're paying out for childcare or for travel or for whatever it might be. So, you know, we need to have a look at kind of all of those variables. Um, but generally, the rough rule of thumb, lenders will kind of look to borrow you around about, you know, four and a half, something four and five times your income, basically. But all lenders will look at your income differently. All right. So, you know, if we take self-employed people, for example, uh, let's say, say, for example, a self-employed builder. So builders uh, and and subbies uh, like you know plumbers and and people do you know insulation roofers all that sort of stuff they all work in construction industry scheme vouchers. This is where if you earn fifty thousand pounds a year as as as, as a tradesperson, the uh, person who pays the employer or the person not the employer but the person who kind of takes that tradesperson on they'll generally tend to hold twenty percent of their money at source. So um, they will then do a tax turn at the end of every single April, throw you know all their expenses against it, and on paper they might look like they're only earning I don't know say twenty five thousand or thirty thousand pounds for example. So some lenders will lend that particular 
person uh, that deems being self-employed, you know, four and a half times thirty thousand pounds. However, another lender, which is about one hundred thirty-five grand. However, other lenders might look at CIS vouchers, take the gross amount of that. So they might look at the last three months, six months, or twelve months. So we're then talking about borrowing then kind of four and a half times uh, fifty thousand pounds, which is hugely different to borrowing, you know, four and a half times your thirty thousand pounds. So really, it's going to be about picking the right lender for your for your scenario and working out, you know, who can get you up to the well around here where property prices are kind of higher than some of the other regions in in the UK. Most people want to kind of you know really maximise their, their their budget potentially. So we're going to want to look at all of the income that they have and see the way that lender looks at it and see which best way we can present that to that lender. And I'm, much rather, I'm sure you'd much rather be able to have the option of borrowing four and a half times £50,000 that we'd be borrowing four and a half times you know, £30,000 because you'll borrow a shed ton more money. Yeah. Um, so really it's about picking the, the right lender for you. And that goes not only for you know that sort of income, it can be you know, some lenders will take, for example, you know, disability income into account. Some lenders will take PIP payments. Some lenders will take into account um, any income you might have from fostering. Some might take into account income, uh, income you might get from child maintenance, for example. Um, so it's about finding as much as much about the client as you possibly can and then basically put them the best lender that suits them at that time, uh, whether it be for the very best you know, mortgage rate, whether it be to maximise their borrowing, um, you know, after having a doing, you know, a fact find, which we've said, ask you a few questions. That's really when we're going to know exactly what it is you're able to to, to basically borrow and how we can maximise that. Sorry, that was a very long answer. Yeah, for I, a really I, short question. I think you've kind of gone over some of the other questions, but we'll, we can kind of touch okay, on mate. them a little Got bit. Um, t- based on the self-employed bit, some of the questions we have had over the social media is uh, we've had taxi um, drivers and stuff like that as well. How, how would that work? Because obviously they're not. They wouldn't have CIS vouchers, but... No, I mean, what would generally happen? So <clears throat> when you're self-employed or a business owner, no one knows how much you're earning until you pay tax at the end of the year. Um, so <clears throat> potentially you might earn gross in a year, one million, uh, in, in a year, hopefully you do. Fantastic, would be amazing if you did. You know. <laughs> Maybe working for us, you might not, but you know, for other people you might. Um, but, you know, we will... The pay's a whole different thing. Um, but basically, you know, if, say, for example, you were you were self-employed and your earnings were, say, for example, I don't know, £1 million over a year, for example, which would be absolutely fantastic. Well, if on the 364th day of that year, you get a bill for all of the, the costs which will be generated that, and that's for, for, for £995,000, your profit's only £5,000. So a lender's going to want to know what you paid tax on at the end of that tax year, and, and that's going to then... Uh, dictate what your earnings are. So the majority of lenders, and again, this kind of varies from person to person, self-employed can vary between being genuinely self-employed, uh, where you're a sole trader. Uh, we then have uh, company directors. Um, we might have people who, um, uh, you know, that's really the main two to yourself, but maybe contractors as, as well. Um, but being self-employed, Lenders, most of the majority of lenders are going to look at the last two or three years as an average of of, of your your tax savings, tax calculations. Using example, they use maybe of a of a taxi drive, for example. Now, we can use you know legitimate income that clients are paid tax on, and you know if a client is earning you know thirty thousand pounds a a year and they pay tax on that thirty thousand pounds a year, then we can show that in kind of you know your 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 tax calculations. We can then show a lender that's what you're earning. 
sometimes the difficulty comes whereby and we have had this uh, before we do you know uh, recommend that clients would pay tax on all of their income potentially some people might have you know a, a cash as, as as a small form of income potentially well look you know if that's the case you know you can still pay that into your business you can still pay tax on that potentially but if you kind of just take that in pocket then yes that's not going to show on your tax returns as you being able to as you being able to afford that every single month so yeah. you know what I would say is is let's have a look at your your, your end of year your, your tax returns let's have a look at what you can borrow um, and then kind of go from there really but really you know lenders going to look at probably 95 percent lenders going to look at your income and average it over the last say two years based on your your your, your tax returns um, if you're living to come to director they would look at the salary that you pay yourself and they'd also look at then the dividends that you pay yourself as well which is like a share of the profits of the company basically um sometimes we often get asked look you know i, I have my own limited company what if i just pay myself a hundred thousand pounds a year well, you could do that potentially, but believe it or not, lenders are kind of wise to that. They, they have known people before which are limited company directors and they choose to pay themselves or pay them away for £100,000 a year. And then when it comes to, you know, property repossessed, surprise, surprise, they're not sure £100,000 a year. Um, so, you know, lenders are, are very much wise and they've seen every single kind of trick in the book, if, if, if you like. So, you know, if you're going to pay yourself £100,000 a year, but the business only generated £20,000 profit for the last four years, the lender's going to look at that and go, yeah, I don't think that's that's that's, that's kind of quite right. So, you know, there isn't really a, a way of kind of getting around your income like there was when there were self-certain mortgages. A self-certain mortgage, before mortgages were kind of regulated, you'd be able to get to long before my time as well. You'd be able to go and see a broker and uh, the broker would say to you, okay, how much do you earn? You go, well, I £50,000 a year. And the broker says, oh, you can't really afford this house unless you earn £100,000. And then the client might go, well, what do I have to do to show I'm earning £100,000? Because I'll tell you what you can do. You can write a bit of paper, earn £100,000 and, and, and just sign it. And uh, and we count that as your earnings. And I don't know if you believe it or not, but apparently, right, some people would earn £100,000 a year. I know, I know it's crazy. <laughs> but, you know, some people may have lied about the amount they're earning, the amount they actually declared. Well, that's what, that's really what caused the whole of the mortgage market to implode going back a few years. So lenders are very much wise now, especially in the fact that they now have to, you know, be responsible for the amount they lend. And if they're not responsible for lending, then they can't get it back again. They're ultra, ultra careful. Yep. So lenders will look at your income uh, for self-employed people, but it has to be sustainable. You know, if it's jumped up year on year, we can see a nice progression. There's some that average the last two years. Um, if your latest year is lower, they'll generally take the, the lower of the last, say, two or three years as well. But really, it's about understanding your income, understanding how it fits with uh, lenders' criteria. So again, like limited company directors, for example, some lenders will look at dividends and the salary they pay themselves. We've also got some lenders that will look at maybe retained profits. That means if you didn't pay yourself all the money from your business, for example, and you chose not to pay yourself that, maybe you shouldn't be penalised that because you could have paid yourself that and chose not to. So some lenders will look off maybe retained profit. That's the amount that you your business earned, even though you didn't take it all. Uh, some might look at your, your your net profit for that year, for example, and the amount you've paid yourself. But really, it's just all about, and I know I keep harping on about this, it's all about finding as much about it as we possibly can and then working out then where we're going to place you to give you the best option to get what you need to get to. Yeah, That's the best way of explaining it, I think it is. Yeah. Um, so next question is... Um, can I get a mortgage on benefits and income support, stuff like that? 
Um, fully on benefits, you, you may struggle with a little bit. There's only kind of really, I think, one lender um, that, that can one or two lenders that may consider that. The kind of hundred so that, that we work with, but they're they're quite a small boutique lender. Um, look, you know, if you have some earned income and some benefits, then yes, you know, a lot of lenders will. You know, a lot of lenders will take into account, you know, child benefit will take into account, PIP they'll take into account, carers allowance will take into account, DLA. So you know, all these different elements. If there's an element sometimes of kind of, you know, work, working as well, be part-time or full-time job, they can look at all those aspects together. And and again, you know, if you compare your income with one lender that takes none of that income, your income might look like £10,000. If you show that same income to a different lender, they might see your income as £30,000. Well, let's put you through the lender that shows your income as £30,000 if you, if you need to kind of show that. Um, so the amount of, is the amount that I would be able to borrow different if I'm a first-time buyer to, say, someone who's bought two or three homes before? Not really. There's, there's, there's a, a little bit of kind of what that you used to be able to get, you know, first-time buyer deals going back a few years whereby people would, you know, they would have their first-time buyer mortgage that particular bank and stick with that bank there for kind of 25 years. Well, people don't really do them, but they've wised up to the fact that, you know, you're going to be in a, in a few year fix and then pay ridiculous rates for the rest of the time. So people now will be open much, much around kind of shopping around. So there isn't that kind of, you know, massive discount offered for first time buyers like there may have been years and years and years ago. More people now kind of take that discount, enjoy it while it's there and just sort off then to the next cheapest lender, which we fully support, by the way, because, you know, we want to make sure you're paying the cheapest amount at all times. Yeah. Um, so there isn't really a massive difference between those which are buying for a first time and those who are buying kind of, you know, for, for a second time. Um, some lenders now are kind of doing uh, kind of different schemes, maybe first time buyers a little bit. So you might find a slightly, slightly offering different schemes, but they will come and they will go. So for example, nationwide at the moment, go up to kind of five and a half times income, depending on debt, depending on the income of the couple and that sort of stuff. But, you know, there's not a massive difference between a first time buyer and kind of next time buyer potentially. So, um, so you've kind of touched on this again, um, in a way, um, if you get tips and bonuses, how does that work? Obviously, I'm guessing with tips, if it's cash in hand tips, you can either pocket it or you can put, run it through. Uh, it, it, again, it will depend on what kind of business and that sort of stuff and kind of how often those tips are, whether or not. Um, so with t tips and bonuses, so, so bonuses is, is kind of much more freely accepted, I, I believe. And it depends whether that bonus is monthly, quarterly, yearly, you know, twice a year, whatever else it is, would look at the history of that. So, you know, can we see that over the last couple of years, that that that, that bonus payment of maybe the last three months or six months or one year or two years, depending on, on, on the lender and how often you basically get them. Um, we would look at, you know, how they are based on each. Uh, we would look at how often they appear on, on pay slips and the way that they appear. So they appear as bonus every single month or every single six months or year. They Generally, then they would average those um, over kind of the year or so. They want to make sure potentially that you've had those previously. They might look at previous P60s. But it's all about sustainability and do we think it's okay moving forward to be able to use this income? Are we comfortable enough to be able to use this income? So again, the more info we can give to an underwriter to help them understand your, your bonuses, the easier it, it can basically be. Um with as I say, bonuses if if, if they're yearly or, or by any you know, as long as they're they're they they happen quite often, we could prove that they're they're good and should be okay. Tips, 
altogether different. Um, you know, some lenders will take kind of tips or, or, or you know, different various payments. Um, and again, lenders just want to see a history of that happening, basis, whether that be, you know, backed up with your P6, the average over the last so many months, it really will vary from kind of lender to lender. I'd say pretty much all lenders will take bonuses, but probably only a small proportion would, would, would take tips. I don't really think in this day you know, I think we're moving more and more away from a cash, you know, a society full of cash now and even tips and that sort of stuff are generally paid more by by card. We seem to see tips now on kind of, you know, restaurants and pay slips and that sort of stuff is all equally divided up and, you know, rather than tips, which are just kind of pocketed. Like, you know, if you take your tips and pocket your tips, then that's not a provable usable income so it's all about being provable and usable basically yeah. um, as long as we find a provable usable income then we will present it to lenders the best we possibly can um, so we've already got a couple more questions now um, what happens if I have a sudden loss of earnings or I'm suddenly ill and obviously I can't, can't work or I'm laid off or something like that well look what I would hope is the fact that we would have put some sort of insurance in place for you for that would happen. So we cover kind of all, all of the various different scenarios. So, for example, if you're unable to work through the illness or sickness or whatever else it might be, then there are insurances that, that, that can kind of cover that. Um, you know, redundancy is kind of a little bit different um, because there used to be lots of redundancy uh, insurances around, uh, which is like what they call ASU insurance. Uh, but since COVID, that all kind of went a bit peaked on and they've kind of pulled those products. Uh, but I've double checked if they were back now, they weren't kind of last time I looked. Um, but uh, look, you know, obviously the lender doesn't want to see you, you you homeless. So the first thing I would do is say open up dialogue with, with, with that particular lender, explain to them your personal circle, explain to them what you're looking to do. Um, I would say that, you know, out of all of your commitments have a look and see the ways that those, those, those can all be managed which ways they can be put off look at the ways that you can stop some of those 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 payments that you're paying out maybe some more of the luxury items maybe concentrate on the bits piece which may harm your kind of credit score such as your mortgage payments and that sort of stuff and utility bills first and foremost and rather than your your, your luxury items but look you know the most important thing is to open up a a, a dialogue um, with us with your, um, you know, with, with with your mortgage company to explain everything that's basically gone on. The, the worst thing you can do is kind of run, you know, hide your head in the sand and, and yeah, look, you know, the, the lender knows, the lender's seen people in your situation before. They've seen that things do happen to people. So I'd say, you know, just open up a dialogue with them and, and, and just explain to them the best you can exactly what's, exactly what's kind of going on, really. Um, uh, and that way, that means when you are back on track, then they'll allow you to kind of maybe even had a mortgage break or, or you know, go on a payment holiday or something like that. But yeah, so I think the most important thing I'll say is, look, you know, open up uh, to to your lender and explain to them exactly what's what, what's what's kind of going on. Yeah. Um, if you're, for example, things like you know, we get asked a lot about maternity, for example, and, and that sort of stuff, and, and can I use my pay if, if I'm on maternity leave? That, that's something which is kind of altogether altogether different so you know you might not have an income right now you might return to work on this date for this amount once you've had your, your little one you know you might be off for, for a year or, or whatever else it might be um, at that point if you're going back in the next little while then generally lenders then will allow you to be on maternity pay for for, for a period of time or paternity pay for a period of time before kind of going back and you know, they can still if, if you're planning to return back to work in full time those hours as long as we've taken into account kind of childcare costs and that sort of stuff a lot of lenders even though you haven't got that 
that maternity paternity income right now, they would understand you're going to return back to work at a certain point and that will start yeah. back up again. Yeah. They might look for savings potentially um, to kind of carry you through that period. They might look for, um, uh, you know, confirmation that definitely is going to happen on this day, you're going to go back on this amount. So generally, lenders are, are a lot uh, happier with like maternity pay and, and that sort of stuff. Um, so last question I have is, does the length of the mortgage term affect how much you can borrow? It does, yeah. So if, say, for example, you were in your 60s and, and potentially looking to retire at age 70, you may be able to get kind of a 10-year mortgage. Those payments are going to be kind of quite high for the amount that you wanted to borrow. If you compare that with someone who's maybe buying the first property and got maybe 35-year term, that those payments are probably much lower every single month. So therefore, even with the same income, the lender might say, okay, well, because your mortgage payments are, are lower, potentially you can borrow a bit more. So yes, you will find that potentially the longer the, the mortgage term, the longer you'll be able to borrow potentially. Uh, the, 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 the more you'll be able to borrow potentially. Um, some lenders also will allow you to borrow more money on, say, for example, a five-year fixed rate rather than a two-year fixed rate um, because of the way that the PRA look at kind of long-term debt and, and those sorts of issues. Um, so really, again, it's just all about explaining what you're trying to achieve with, with, with your broker um, and, you know, give them all the information that you need to be able to try and help you and, and help support you know, explain to a lender the best way for your to look at your income, basically. Unfortunately, we've all got time for today. So, Chris, thank you very much for, for joining us. And, guys, thank you very much for, for, for listening. Um, if you enjoyed listening and found us helpful, please don't forget to follow, subscribe, and click that bell icon um, uh, to be notified of any new episodes. And we look forward to seeing you again same time next week. Cheers, Chris. Thanks. So sometimes we may actually talk about mortgages and so on, which, as you know, is your regulated activity. So that kind of may form a financial promotion. So we just have to run through some risk warnings, basically. So first of all, we're talking about residential mortgages. Your home may be repossessed. Do not keep repayments on your mortgage. We're talking about buy-to-let mortgages. Your property may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. Talking about let-to-buy mortgages. Your property may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. Uh, also, some buy-to-let mortgages are not regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. We've talked about lifetime home reversion plans. This lifetime mortgage home reversion plan. To understand features and risks, please ask for a personal illustration. If we happen to talk about debt consolidation we have to include the sentence think carefully before securing debts against your home your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage if we happen to talk about second charges or secured loans your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on a mortgage or any other debt secured on it but if we talk about equity release a lifetime mortgage is not available for everyone it's important to seek financial advice before taking any action all other options available should be explored before choosing equity release interest is charged on both the original loan and interest that's been added the amount you owe will increase over time reducing the equity left in your property potentially to nothing please discuss with your family and beneficiaries if we happen to talk about commercial Commercial lending. We have to let you know that commercial lending and some buy-to-let mortgages are not regulated by our financial conduct authority. And lastly, most importantly, uh, Mortgage Monsters trade name of Just Mortgage Direct Limited, which is appointed representative of the Open Work Partnership, trading style of Open Work Limited, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority.